Hello and welcome. This is Brittany Allison and you're listening to the Food Freedom Life podcast. I spent six plus years stuck in the diet binge cycle, hating my body and envying women who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. And what I discovered in my journey to food freedom and radical self-love and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. And that is what this podcast is all about. I get into all the details and hold nothing back. So if you're ready to learn how to work in sync with your mind and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Before I dive in today, I wanted to share a super exciting announcement with you, and that is that I am officially reopening my group coaching program for enrollment. This is a 12-week virtual group coaching program to not only break you out of binge eating, compulsive eating, overeating, poor body image, and emotional eating patterns, but to also kickstart your journey to food freedom and cultivate a healthful life with balance and ease with food and exercise. If you're feeling alone in your struggle, if you really thrive hearing from others who are in the same place as you, then you want to form a community around healing and empower yourself to break free from these destructive patterns for good, group coaching is for you. We get started on Monday, January 9th, so perfect timing to start your new year off right and in a better place with food and body image. Head over to BrittanyAllisonRD.com slash group hyphen coaching to learn more and book a free consult with me to see if it's a good fit and enroll. Again, that's BrittanyAllisonRD.com slash group hyphen coaching. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking all about what intuitive eating is. I talk about it a lot, especially on my Instagram, but I wanted to just solely focus on what it actually is. So today I'll be sharing about intuitive eating, how it's different from a diet because it's pretty much the opposite. And I think the biggest reason I want to share this is because a lot of people might look into intuitive eating and then try it out for a little bit and they don't realize that they're doing this, but they actually just turn it into another diet and then they think that it doesn't work. And then they go back onto an actual diet and back into the diet cycle. You can get intuitive eating really mixed up pretty easily. So I want to make sure that you don't do that because I don't want you to get back into that diet cycle. So to start off, intuitive eating is really how I found my food freedom from feeling neurotic around food. And now I just enjoy food and it's amazing and it doesn't have to be hard. It can be very normal and very easy to be around food. And I know that that for me was something that I never thought was possible. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I came from quite the history with food, but we were all born intuitive eaters. When we were all babies, we cried when we were hungry and we were fed and we stopped when we were full. And there was no question in between. It wasn't like after you finished eating, you were like, oh, next time I should probably have less. There was nothing. It was just what you did. You weren't worried about body size or shape. You just kind of lived and ate with ease. Being a baby, it was just cool. I'm going to get food when I'm hungry. And when I'm done, I'm going to stop. And it's all available to me. So this is actually intuitive eating. And that's where we all came from, every single one of us. So if you think that you cannot be an intuitive eater, you actually have already been an intuitive eater. So that's the good news. You can get back to that. I wanted to talk about what intuitive eating is so that you have an overview. And then I wanted to get a little bit more into just my philosophy with intuitive eating and then get into the difference between that and dieting. In case you don't know, intuitive eating is a non-diet approach to health and wellness that helps you tune into your body signals, break the cycle of chronic dieting, and heal your relationship with food. The intuitive eating framework was created by two registered dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, in 1995 based on their experience working with clients. 
Their intuitive eating framework is a non-diet self-care approach to nutrition, health, and well-being that helps people make decisions based upon their body's internal wisdom instead of external rules or restrictions. So rather than using outside sources like counting calories or points, measuring portions, following certain eating or food rules to determine what, when, how much to eat, you turn inward and listen to and trust your body's cues to guide you. Intuitive eating is based on 10 principles, which we'll get into in a second. And just note that these are principles. They're not rules. There's no wrong or right. They're just basic principles that you can incorporate into your life at the pace that suits you and your healing. So intuitive eating principle number one is reject the diet mentality. This principle is all about rejecting the idea and the system of dieting and the mentality, the mindset that fuels it. You are not the reason that diets have failed. It's a flawed system. There is not a single piece of research that suggests that more than a small handful of people can actually lose weight and keep it off permanently. There are a bajillion weight loss studies, but almost all of them are short term. They're all less than a year. Most are like three to six months, yet one third to two thirds of weight is actually regained within a year and almost all is usually regained within five years. So actually you're more likely to gain weight with dieting, more weight than you lost. And approximately 60% of people who diet actually do gain back more weight than they lost. This is a place where I really want to throw in a lot of research and statistics, but instead what I would really encourage you to do is reflect on your own dieting history. Has dieting ever helped you sustainably improve your health, live a life that's in line with your values, or has it just sent you into a spiral of dieting, restricting, giving into a craving, shame and guilt, binging, and then starting all over on Monday? This number one principle of intuitive eating is about rejecting the idea that there is another diet out there that will work. It's about rejecting the idea that dieting is the pathway to health and happiness. It's a lifelong process, and in this diet culture that we live in, it does not happen overnight to reject the diet mentality, but that is principle number one. Principle number two is to honor your hunger, and this principle really just focuses on learning to nourish and feed your body adequately throughout the day with energy. Firstly, your body simply deserves to be fed enough and functions best when it is fed enough, but also underfeeding yourself often results in what's called primal hunger that fuels the drive to overeat and fuels impulsive behaviors and choices around food. Feeding your body adequately, feeding your body enough may sound really simple. And it is at the end of the day, it is really simple, but it's genuinely a game changer. I've had so many clients notice eating concerns, digestive issues, binge patterns with food almost completely resolve from simply just fueling themselves more adequately. And this happens for a lot of people that they think they're eating enough, but they're actually not. So that gets lumped into this principle as well. This principle also teaches you to learn to start identifying some more subtle signs of hunger because years of suppressing hunger through dieting and restriction can make your hunger cues a bit wonky because they are actually a hormonal response. So intuitive eating includes more practices to get back in touch with those cues so that you can trust your body, but also so that your body can trust you enough to give you those cues again. On to principle number three, which is make peace with food. So making peace means giving yourself permission to enjoy and eat all of the foods, including those that may have been off limits previously. Telling yourself that you cannot have a certain food, it leads to uncontrollable cravings because when you do eat that forbidden food, 
eating is going to feel pretty charged, pretty intense. And this is called last supper eating. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, and it usually ends up in you eating larger quantities of food or eating in a way that feels really checked out and disconnected because you're not sure when you're going to be allowed to eat that food again. Having this kind of on and off access to foods does not allow for you to gain the skills to eat them like a normal human. And by bringing these foods back in more regularly and giving yourself permission to eat them, you begin to gain more experiences that help you make peace with them. Just so you know as well, and again, I've talked about this before in past episodes, but after bringing these off-limit fear foods, bad foods, whatever you want to call them, back in, it's really normal to experience kind of a bit of a honeymoon period where you might be eating a lot more of those foods than normal. And maybe your eating also isn't so nutritionally balanced, as nutritionally balanced especially as you ultimately want it to be. And this period can last for a short time or a long time, depending on your unique history with food and depending on if you are getting support and accountability in this or not. But it's okay. It's really important to go through this because it allows you to experience what's called habituation, which means those foods start to lose their sexy, alluring quality and their specialness, and they just become less exciting. They become normal and neutral and on an even playing field with all the other foods out there. The next intuitive eating principle, number four, is challenge the food police. When I talk about challenging the food police, I like to contrast it with making peace with food because making peace with food is all about giving yourself physical permission to eat all foods while challenging the food police is more so about giving yourself the mental permission to eat all food. So you're learning to challenge the voice inside your head that tells you you're being good for eating certain foods and bad for eating others, that voice that makes you feel guilty. It really just helps to take the morality out of eating choices and makes all food and eating choices neutral. This food police that lives in your head can have a really harmful effect. Honestly, mental restriction can be just as powerful as physical restriction in fueling backlash eating and binging and compulsive behaviors with food. It can also be just really powerful in fueling restrictive behaviors around food or just making eating really, really stressful and anxiety inducing. Part of challenging the food police is starting to cultivate more helpful and nurturing self-talk. And you'll learn how to neutrally observe and speak to yourself in a more nurturing, almost like a parent voice. And so what you're doing is really chipping away at the food police. And by doing this, you're going to be able to look at nutrition in a much more helpful way that's rooted in your values and self-care rather than in punishment and shoulds all the time. Intuitive eating principle number five is respect your fullness. And this principle teaches you how to stop eating before being uncomfortably full because our bodies, they know how to communicate when you've had enough and when you've met your biological needs. You know that point where you're just satisfied, but you're not stuffed in a meal? That is a great place to stop. And there's a very good reason why respecting your fullness comes after honoring your hunger and making peace with food. Because if you're not sure if you're ever going to get a food again, if it's going to be your last time having it or your last time having it for a really, really, really long time, or if you're sitting down to a meal feeling ravenously hungry, it's going to be really challenging, if not impossible, to honor your fullness. And so this is something that really needs to come after. And I know that a lot of people really want to jump to, I want to stop eating at a comfortable place. I want to stop overeating. I don't want to feel this full anymore. I don't want to binge anymore. But we really need to lay the foundation first so that you actually, your body can actually be at a place that it's comfortable to stop. So I think that's something that's really important to know. Principle number six is discover the satisfaction factor. And I love this one because pleasure should be a goal of healthful eating. 
other cultures value pleasure above health and actually have better health outcomes, interestingly. And regardless of physical health, everybody has the right to enjoy the food that they eat. Enjoying yummy food enhances your mental health, and it's a really important part of the human experience. It always has been, and it always will be. We were designed to connect with others over food, to share food, to have that be a part of gathering. And when you are in a place of dysfunction with food, it takes away from that really important part of what food is and has always been to us as humans. By intentionally choosing pleasurable foods, you're less likely to overeat or experience binges. And I know that might sound counterintuitive because many people fear that they won't be able to stop eating a food if it tastes good. But in reality, by eating enjoyable food and eating it more mindfully, by really paying attention to the taste, the texture, the flavor, what you're getting out of it, you're going to start to notice that when a food stops tasting good, you feel comfortable to actually stop eating. Intuitive eating principle number seven is to cope with your emotions without food. And I kind of want to make an edit to this by saying cope with your emotions with or without food, because food is a valid coping mechanism. It can provide comfort. It can distract from uncomfortable emotions. It can provide sensory stimulation, but it's not the most effective coping mechanism and it does have collateral damage, right? To always be going to food all the time because food does rarely actually help us deal with the root cause of that uncomfortable emotion. And it can end up just making you feel worse, especially if it leads to a shame spiral. But it is one way to cope. Food is comforting. It is enjoyable. And there are definitely more maladaptive ways of coping with intense emotions. But, you know, food just does make you feel better. Think about decompressing after a tough day with pizza and beer with friends or by making your favorite mac and cheese to cheer yourself up when you're feeling sad. But we do need to have other coping skills too, because when food is our only coping skill, that's when it really becomes a problem. So that's where intuitive eating comes in handy because it teaches you how to really identify the difference between physical hunger, emotional hunger, and just ways to cope with emotions without food and how to emotionally eat in a more helpful way because it's not a bad thing to emotionally eat. Intuitive eating principle number eight is to respect your body. And what that means is body diversity naturally exists. It is part of the human existence to have diversity. If you fed 10,000 people, exactly the same food in exactly the same amounts, if they all move their bodies exactly the same way for the same amount of time, you would still have 10,000 different body shapes and sizes. And some of those sizes would be fat. Just like we couldn't diet our feet down to a smaller shoe size, we cannot expect our bodies to permanently stay in a smaller size than their genetic blueprint wants to be. For all that you hear about BMI and ideal weights, there is unfortunately no way to predict what weight you're supposed to be at. But instead, Intuitive eating focuses on behaviors versus the scale. So when you're feeding your body adequately and appropriately, you're moving it in a way that feels good, you're getting good sleep, you're managing stress, basically when you are just taking care of your mind and body, your weight will settle in the range that it's supposed to be in, which may be smaller, bigger, or the same size that you are right now. I wish that I could look into my crystal ball and tell you, but I can't. And note that the word used here in this principle is respect. You do not have to love your body in order to treat it with respect. And, you know, maybe there are people in your life that you don't necessarily like, but you have to work together and treat them with respect. And that can be kind of a helpful way to just look at body respect. Body positivity is not a command. And no matter how impossible it might feel to love your body, you can still 
start to treat it with more kindness and respect. Intuitive eating principle number nine is exercise, feel the difference. This principle is all about untying exercise from weight loss. When exercise becomes really tied in changing your body, it often results in over-exercising to the point of harm as you try to burn as many calories as possible. It can look like exercise avoidance because exercise becomes a chore. Most frequently, it results in kind of oscillating between the two. But with intuitive eating, you can learn the art of joyful movement, moving your body for fun or for the purposes of self-care or because health is a value for you, not as punishment. And that is genuinely what's going to make it sustainable. That's what's going to make you be able to actually feel better long-term. The final intuitive eating principle, number 10, is to honor your health with gentle nutrition. Nutrition is a part of intuitive eating. However, there is a good reason why gentle nutrition is the last principle because it is key. It is so important to heal your relationship with food first. Otherwise, gentle nutrition can quickly just become really, really wrapped up in the diet mentality. It's all about zooming out, looking at your eating habits, looking at how one meal or day of eating is not going to make or break health. So zooming out to just get perspective on eating over time and considering things like how foods make you feel and your personal health goals. That's what gentle nutrition is all about. It's about what can we add in? It's not about what we can take away. So I love intuitive eating. It's an amazing book. And if you haven't read it, you 1000% need to because it's just such a wealth of information that I guarantee is going to be helpful for you. But in my practice, I do not rely on the 10 principles of intuitive eating. And here's why. In my view, I aim for my clients to truly embody food freedom. Food freedom encompasses intuitive eating, but I believe that it reaches beyond its scope. Food freedom is more than just freedom from rules and listening to your body. It's freedom from the idea that our worthiness as humans, our right to belong, is dependent on how we eat. Food freedom gives you your life back, not just from food, but from all of the aspects that made you go down the path of becoming overly obsessive about diets and your body in the first place. My philosophy of food freedom focuses more on the mental and emotional components of healing your relationship with food than just the 10 steps of intuitive eating does. Yes, I want you to be able to listen to your body, but I also want to know why you lost that ability in the first place. I want to get into the parts that you feel weren't worthy enough to exist in the body that you're in right now. And I want to nurture those parts so that we're not just putting band-aids on bullet wounds. When it comes to how I work with clients on intuitive eating, I don't just start at step one and work my way through. I like to kind of begin in the middle, which might sound weird because it's based on a book and typically you have to go in order. But that sixth principle that I like to kind of start with is discovering satisfaction in your meals. Because honestly, it's not satisfying to undereat and it's not satisfying to eat in a way that you're uncomfortably full. And it's such a personal question as well. I don't know what satisfaction feels like to you. You know, when is it satisfying to eat a meal and you're hungry two hours later? When was the last time that you had a satisfying meal? And I've asked that question to clients and sometimes they get teary eyed. They go, no one's ever asked me that. I have no idea. What's your favorite food? I don't know. There's kind of this idea that intuitive eating is this free-for-all. And no, it's about being connected to your body. Yes, you can eat what you want, but you also have the right to feel good. So what sounds good? And how do you want to feel when you finish? Those are some of the ways that we can start to look at that. What would that be? And again, remembering that mental health is part of your health and you are not a good or bad person based on what you ate. And we need to remove the morality from our eating. 
So I don't just go in order with intuitive eating and I work with clients on concepts that reach further than just the 10 principles because from my personal experience and the experience of my clients, that is what's required to fully embody food freedom and that's what I want for you. Now I want to really kind of share the differences between dieting and intuitive eating because just to tell you about it, I think we can get a lot of mixed messages and people can have a lot of misconceptions like it's really unhealthy or it's just letting yourself go. And I touched on that a tad in the last episode. So go listen to that if you want to talk about that more. Or I think that it's just glorifying weight gain or whatever. There are some wild misconceptions out there. So I just wanted to show you what it's really about, but I'm only going to give you a few main and most important points or else we could be here all day because there are a lot of nuances with it. So to start from the dieting side, dieting promotes restriction, which means food rules, cutting out certain foods, labeling foods as good and bad. Anytime you say I should avoid that food, that is restriction. And so you might be saying, yeah, but it's not healthy. So should I restrict myself from foods that are quote unquote unhealthy? And the answer is no, because this restriction and restriction of any type actually causes binge eating. So if you find that you've binged, it's because of restriction. It's not because you're weak willed. It's not because of willpower. You need to stop restricting, whether it's mentally, physically, or emotionally. It creates overeating because you end up getting way too hungry and it creates all the scarcity with food. And it really gets you into that cycle of falling on and off the wagon. Like, okay, I'm on a diet. Okay, I'm restricting this. And then you indulge in it and then you go, okay, I'm really restricting this week. This time it's serious. And then you get stuck in that cycle. So that's what restriction does. And that's what dieting has its whole framework around. And how intuitive eating is different is just that it's about allowing all foods. And people instantly go, how do you eat whatever you want? How is that healthy? That's so unhealthy. But it isn't. It's actually very healthy because this is what happens. When you allow all foods, they become less exciting. It's like, all right, there's pizza here. Cool. It's just pizza. Whereas when you're a dieter, it's like, oh my God, pizza is the most amazing thing in the world, but I shouldn't have pizza. And it's this mental battle internally. And then you say, screw it, I'm going to eat the pizza. And you end up eating way more pizza than you probably otherwise would have if you had just been chill around it. So it really relaxes you around food. For instance, for me, I can now have ice cream in the house. I can have chips in the house. I can have leftover cake, which I love, but I can just have that in the house and it's going to last a long time because I'll eat it when I want it. And that might be a little bite here and that might be a big piece one day and then I might forget about it for a few days and then it might actually go bad. It's just very relaxed. That's what it's like when you allow all foods. But when I was dieting, I could not have anything in the house because I would just think about it and obsess over it and have this mental struggle. It would feel like an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder. And if I had anything that was pretty much not a vegetable or a fruit or lean meat, I would just eat the whole thing. I couldn't even have a box of crackers in my pantry because it would just be gone. And it didn't even matter what it was at all. Like if it was something interesting, I would just feel so neurotic around it. I couldn't have it nearby. I had to get rid of it, but yet I'm still thinking about it all day, every day and worrying about what I'm going to have for breakfast, what I'm going to have for lunch and stressing about it. So when you actually allow all foods, you think about food less and you probably actually eat those foods less because you're not binge eating. And that is the thing is getting out of that rigid pattern of, oh, ice cream is so bad for you. Well, you're going to eat it anyways. We all know you are. And so if that's something that like the minute you say, I'm never eating ice cream again, you're back in that cycle, you need to work on your restriction. So instead of putting rules in place that are just really unhelpful and not going to work, 
Intuitive eating helps you repair your relationship so that you can be around all food. You can have all food. That doesn't mean eating it at all times whenever you see it. You listen and you repair that relationship. And that's what creates this ease around food, which is the best. That's the point. Intuitive eating allows you to, if you choose to, allows you to eat all foods that you love more often, but you don't get sick off of them necessarily because you're not binging on them. You get to make friends with these foods and have them in your life more often. It's just a much healthier relationship. It's not one that's super toxic so you can't stay away, but then you try so hard and then there's this all out binge on it. It's just a place where you can really find peace so that you can enjoy it whenever you want. The next point of dieting versus intuitive eating is that dieting promotes a weight loss focus. We don't need to focus our entire life on weight loss. The idea is that if we focus on weight loss, then we'll lose weight. But actually, no, that's not how it works. Focusing on weight loss gives you no control. And we think that if you focus on it, the more you focus on it, the more control you'll have. And it's just not true. Control is an illusion. I'm sorry to anybody out there who's like, I control everything because you're actually not. The second you release that idea that you need to control everything and that you are controlling everything is when you can actually find some peace and balance. Because you probably noticed that when you diet, you work really, really hard to see the number on the scale go down and you do whatever it takes. And maybe, yes, a little bit of weight comes off because of course you're restricting and you're doing all these really unhealthy behaviors to get it off. And then you may notice that the weight always comes back no matter what, no matter how hard you work. And if it hasn't come back yet, you're still stuck in these very obsessive ways. So it's still not like you actually kept it off. How are you feeling? How's your mental health? How's your obsession? Let's talk. So most people find that the more years they're dieting, the more weight they're gaining. It's, I mean, that's not what matters. All bodies are good bodies. Weight gain is not inherently a bad thing. But when you're trying to do something and you're getting the opposite results and you're killing yourself to do that, that just seems crazy. And then you keep doing it for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 50 plus years. And I, I mean, I was there. Once you really see it from the outside looking in, it's like, what was I thinking? So doing all of this, focus on weight loss, losing weight, gaining weight, losing yo-yoing and gaining even more weight than you did when you first started, this leaves you feeling like a failure. And this, I mean, it doesn't make you want to stop dieting. It actually just makes you think you need to start another program. And it makes you think that this time you will control it. This time you will have the willpower. This time diets will work. And this is where you get stuck in the diet cycle for as many years as it takes to realize that they don't work. And I think that we do realize they don't work, but we just don't know another way. And that that's just what diet culture has taught us. Like, oh, we diet, that's what we do. You know, this thing, it's healthy. Although really it's the opposite. So to go against that with what intuitive eating is all about, it's not a focus on weight loss. It's actually a focus on being body neutral. So this means you're focusing more on accepting the body that you have now, like the body that you literally have right now, this minute, this second, not when you get to this weight, I'll accept my body then. You found acceptance in where you're at right now. And that is a beautiful place to be because then you don't have to change. You don't need to change. And people may be thinking, well, isn't that giving up? If I already don't like the body that I'm in, but I'm accepting it, that's just giving up on myself. And I I don't think that way at all. It's actually very empowering because it allows you to take your power back. You actually face reality of what's happening today and not always thinking about what's in the future. You're living in reality. You're accepting it. And 
knowing that you don't need to be a certain weight to actually be healthful. And I only say this if health or wellness is actually one of your values and one of your priorities, because if it is, like that means that you can do things that make you feel good in all areas of your life. If that's a priority, you can feel that way in any body for, for real. Like I'll, I'll say that again, you can seriously be healthful at any size because when you aren't focusing on weight loss, you can actually start listening to your body and bringing in healthful behaviors that are sustainable, not on and off all the time. It is so nice when you're actually listening to what your body needs and doing things that actually helps treat your body much better. It's more helpful in the long term because I don't know if you know, but doing the whole yo-yo dieting and losing and gaining and losing and gaining and having massive weight loss and massive weight gain is actually really tough on the body. The body doesn't know what's happening and it's having to work so much harder and it's not helpful to just be losing and gaining weight every second. So what if you started to find movement that you actually love? Like you actually go and move your body, you enjoy it and it feels good and you're eating in ways that make you feel good and that makes you feel nourished. It's an overall feeling of wellness. But let's say you actually aren't losing weight, but you still feel really, really, really good in your body and you love what's happening. You love how you feel. So you stop because you're not losing weight. It's like, why? Why would you stop doing something that actually made you feel good in your body just because there's no weight loss? So those were healthy behaviors that were making you feel good and nourishing your body. But with the weight loss focus, it all seems pointless and that's not healthy. So it's really important to see that a focus on weight loss is not helpful. It's just not. It's just not helpful. So that really is the difference. Dieting also promotes really rigid food rules. And so that's the next point that I really want to make here about dieting. And people are often like, okay, well, rules are good. Rules keep me in line. Rules give me control. That's good. But have you ever truly felt in control when you were on a diet? Like, didn't you feel that you were so overcome with food thoughts and you felt out of control? I mean, I know I did for sure. And rules are made to be broken. So they're always just broken, right? You make these rules and your brain's like, haha, you think you can control me? Just watch. And then you go eat an entire party sized bag of potato chips because you said no potato chips. There is a diet rebel in our brains and the intuitive eating book, it, it talks about that. And so when you're making rules, if it's something that you can go against, you're probably going to. So if it's a rule against a certain food, you're going to think so much about that food more than you ever have before. And in the end, you're probably going to eat much more than you ever did before just because you made that rule. So don't think that, oh, if I make rules, that means I'll follow them. That That is not how humans work. We are not robots. We're not machines that you can just you know, programmed and put rules into and then we follow them. That is just not how it works. The brain is much more tricky than that. As the years go on, this cycle gets shorter and shorter. I've talked to some people who are like, I can eat good for a year and then I've been off for years. And some people are like, I start the cycle in the morning and then I end it every night. So the cycle can be any length, but it's still a cycle. So what's the point? Even if you're doing quote unquote good for a whole year, what's the point if you're going to have a year after that where your chaos. What is the point? All that work, it cancels out in the end. A cycle is the least productive shape to be in. I want to get you on a path where you're actually moving forward all the time and living your life fully, which feels so good. So intuitive eating instead, it allows us to listen to our bodies so that we can eat when we're hungry. And even sometimes when you're not, if you're, for example, your best friend brought you your most favorite cookies from your most favorite store and you can eat the cookie even if you're not hungry. But 
that's what you have to be careful about. Because if you just read the, the intuitive eating book, or you just took a little free training on what intuitive eating is, and you're like, okay, so now I've got the rules to eat when I'm hungry and stop when I'm full. No, it's not a rule, but it's just a signal to listen to. It's not black and white anymore. It's very gray. Intuitive eating is in the middle. It's ebbing and flowing, and it's going to be different day to day. And that's fine. And that's what keeps you moving forward is if one day you're like, wow, I ate foods that didn't make me feel good and I overate and it wasn't nice. I didn't like it. The next day, instead of having a knee jerk reaction to be like, okay, I'm going to be perfect with intuitive eating, you can say, all right, well, yesterday I didn't feel so good. So maybe today I'll try to listen to my body a little bit better. And it's, it's just very relaxed and you can ebb and flow and course correct as you go on in your life in these small little adjustments being like, oh yeah, no, today I want to feel better. So I'm not going to eat that thing I ate yesterday. That didn't make me feel good. And it's it's actually very logical and it's very freeing because of that. I catch myself, if I ever feel like I don't feel good, there's no spiral of, okay, what diet or what am I restricting tomorrow? It's all right, I'm going to focus on feeling good in my body tomorrow. So I'm going to listen a little more because maybe today I didn't listen as much and it's just so much more freedom. I'm just going to listen to my body a little better. I'm going to tune in a little more and I'll be a little more aware. And that's all. You still, but you still might eat a donut the next day. It doesn't matter. There's no worries. There's no re- knee jerk reaction, which really is what gets us stuck in dieting. So you can relax around food, eat what your body wants and needs and carry on with your day. Maybe you're not eating broccoli and chicken every meal of the day, which in the dieting world is seen as so healthy, but you get to wake up, eat your breakfast, you enjoy it. You don't worry about the type of creamer or milk or whatever you put in your coffee. And when you put the dishes away, you don't think about food until you're hungry again. And I think that's the biggest power of listening to your body is you don't have to be thinking all day, every day about food. For me, I used to wake up thinking about what I was going to eat, go to bed thinking about what I ate or what I was going to eat, what I should have eaten, what I didn't need. It's just this constant bombardment of food thoughts, whereas intuitive eating is just like, I'm hungry. What do I have in the pantry? Well, this looks good. Done. You don't ruminate about, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I calculated once for somebody who was stressing about eating. I'm like, you have 50,000 meals in your life left to eat. You better learn how to handle them and how to chill out around them because it's not like something else that you can just cut. If you're quitting smoking, I, I know that can be really hard and I'm not trying to compare addiction is difficult, but to quit smoking, you have to never do that again. But food, you have to eat every single day, three meals a day and some snacks. So getting good at it and making it easy can seriously change your life. And so just to kind of give you a little tip on how to listen to your body is ask yourself before you eat, what are you feeling? And ask your body what sounds good. Like, do I want something lighter? Do I want something heavier? How hungry am I? Am I really hungry? Do I need something substantial? Or am I just a little bit hungry? Start asking questions and get curious. And to truly listen to your body when you're actually eating, slow down, get present so that you can actually know that you're eating and you're actually tasting your food. It's going to get a little nitpicky in the beginning. I'm going to be totally honest. It's going to be a little bit tedious, but once you get through that, then you really don't have to think about it at all, except for what do I feel like eating? And that's it. And then when you're eating, you know, you just get to take into account how you're feeling. If it makes you feel good, if you feel a little sick after, if it's too heavy, if you're still hungry, or maybe it felt really good in your body. It feels really content and it settled your stomach. It it does take a bit to get the hang of it, but 
that's kind of like the beginning stages of how you even listen to your body. So ask lots of questions and really feel it out. With intuitive eating, there are so so many more pieces. We could honestly sit here all day and go through every single little element and talk all about it, which I would love to do. I could talk all day long about this stuff, but I just truly want to let you know that intuitive eating is a way you can live the rest of your life. You actually don't have to diet ever again. Dieting is not sustainable. Maybe it works for a little bit, but to do that for the rest of your life is not going to happen. And knowing the how of intuitive eating, it doesn't just automatically turn you into an intuitive eater. You really have to get rid of the diet mentality first. There's a lot to unlearn. There's a lot of deeper work to be done to get rid of all those years of diet culture. There is a huge difference between educating yourself on it, which is amazing, but there's a difference between educating and actually doing it. The transformation doesn't happen until you truly embody and actually feel what it's like to listen to your body. So just because you stop dieting, it doesn't mean that you're intuitively eating. It's fine to have a period of just like, oh, I'm not dieting I'm, and I'm kind of doing the opposite of dieting. I'm eating everything and I'm not moving. That is totally fine. It's normal to have a phase like that. And honestly, it's kind of important to have a phase like that. But don't let that scare you into thinking intuitive eating doesn't work. You're, you're not intuitively eating. You're just not dieting. They are different. If you're ready to get more intensive support and truly become an intuitive eater, if you're struggling hard at the dieting thing or you've quit the diet, but now you're freaking out in the middle part of I'm not dieting, but I'm not intuitive eating. If you're ready to truly be that intuitive eater for life and do that deep work to heal your relationship with food so you can move on and just get back to your natural state of being an intuitive eater, you're a perfect fit for Food Freedom University, which is a three-month group coaching program that gets you from being a dieter or a person that's off diets but kind of feeling lost to being an intuitive eater. And so that's what I talk about here is the deep work that actually goes into being intuitive eater, not just knowing the intuitive eating principles because those are two very different things. So in the show notes, I'll share the program page that has more information and you can just click on that and learn about that. And just so you know, you don't have to read the intuitive eating book before you reach out to me. If you know that you're ready for a change and dieting is not working, you can reach out. I want to hear your story, get to know you and chat a little bit. And then if you want to hear more about the program and if that's for you, then we can do this. I genuinely hope that you found some value in this episode. I am just here to help you unlearn all the stuff, all the crap from diet culture, and then just bring you back home. It's not bringing you back to this new world. It's bringing you back to what you already know. So it's kind of a nice feeling when you're like, oh yeah, it really did. This feels right because... It feels familiar, even if it's been a long time. So anyway, thank you so much for being here and listening and supporting me. I love what I do. And of course, if you loved what you heard, can you please rate and review the show, preferably a five star if you think that's what I deserve and then review. So thank you so much for all the support for listening to me and my podcast because that's why I do it. See you next week. 